now, you know, with the, her current situation, everyone is forced to play play online, so Smash is finally starting to have to deal with what everyone else has dealt with in, in fighting games. Welcome to an absolutely historical 1v1 episode, as your boy Wasabi sits down with our very first Street Fighter V guest, Brian F. Over this episode, we take a look at his origin story, which includes Melee, the development of his stream and YouTube channel, and advice on balancing a full-time job with content creation and developing his gameplay further as one of America's strongest Balrog mains. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another 1v1 Wannabes podcast. This time I have a really special guest, uh, not a Melee player, but a pro Street Fighter 5 player, Brian F, Boxer Main, sponsored by Equinox. How are you doing, Brian? Hey, I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm really excited for this as because, you know, we've had some content creators, like, um, I don't know if you've watched any of, like, Phil Nolan's documentaries and stuff like that, and I know he's in the FGC, but... You're our first non-Melee player coming on the podcast. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for having me. Yeah, anytime. I was really excited. It was a, it was a shot in the dark, but I'm really glad you replied and said you loved Melee and everything like that. And we'll, we'll oh, get yeah. into that. But, you know, first thing, you know, I really wanted to reach out for you, you know, so just so everyone knows is because, like, you, you know, I know you're a full-time uh, software engineer, right? Mm-hmm. That's and correct, then, yeah. Yeah, and you balance that with obviously playing Street Fighter Five really competitively, and also content cre- content creation and streaming. You know, so I guess sort of to start it off, I'd love to hear how you first you know got into Street Fighter. You know, sort of your origin story, and and you know as you kind of grow up in you know into you know working full time and and streaming and content creation. Sure. Yeah. Um. So I actually got into fighting games kind of on a whim. I played random fighting games growing up and actually I, I used to play a lot of you know melee and brawl and all the smash games super casually which was kind of like my main i guess fighting game doing air quotes here whatever you want to define it as um so i played a lot of those games with my friends but never got really into the competitive scene didn't really know about it at that time um, i was actually playing a lot of shooters halo 2 halo 3 gears of war stuff like that and then um that's where i got into competitive video gaming i knew about mlg and I knew about like Halo 2 and the scene there and connected with online communities via forums. Um, but for actual fighting games, it was just pure luck. I had a $20 Best Buy gift card and Street Fighter 4 was on sale for 20 bucks. And I was like, hey, I remember these two characters from like random, um, you know, arcade cabinets at restaurants and random arcades. And I said, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll get it. And then I got the game um, and I hated it. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I was like, this game is just bullshit. Like, I can't, I can't win a single round against the computer on easy. Like, this game is broken, and I threw it to the side, and it kind of haunted me because I'd never been bad at a video game before. I'd always kind of had that competitive drive, and whatever the game was, be it Guitar Hero or Mario, you know, I had it like one hundred percent, hundred and ten percent the game, and so eventually, you know, I would see it in the corner of my eye, and I was like, I can't let this game beat me, and that kind of. Is how it started. So I, I just kept playing against the CPU, and I, I told a friend about it uh, that I had been playing Street Fighter, and he said, "Hey, like, I play that game a lot, actually, like a lot, a lot. Like, I go to tournaments, 
And I said, there's tournaments. And that's kind of where it all went downhill from there. <laughs> Changed the course of my life at that point. And that was like uh, my senior year of high school is when I kind of discovered the FGC as a whole. And then I just kept playing since then. And here we are today. Oh, man, that's so cool. I love when it's like you discover it like on a whim. Like you've always, you know, like I feel like that's such a ubiquitous story for for everyone. Like, mm -hmm. you know. Like, say, like, same with you. Like, I didn't really know anything about competitive, like, any sort of video gaming, but I, like, love playing Smash, and I, my first Smash tournament was just, like, a college charity event tournament, and I only saw it because it said free Chipotle, <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm down for free Chipotle to donate to a charity and get, like, free Chipotle, and, like, you know, as it is, like, there's one person that actually knows how to play the game, right, and then right. you're like whoa, like, what is going on? Like, I didn't know that you could do any of this sort of thing. The the free uh, free anything in the college scene is such a good way to trap people into it. And that's, that's cool that you mentioned that because, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I started my senior year of high school and then I went to mm -hmm. University of Florida. And I went to University of Florida, you know, with Hungrybox at the same time. So really? seeing the dichotomy between the FGC side of things and the, the Smash side of things in college was um, kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we had like uh, 30 people on a good day, on a really good day for traditional like Street Fighter or Tekken or whatever anime game came out at the time. But sometimes we'd be, you know, in like right next to the Smash setups or whatever if we had a university events. And man, you guys blew our numbers out of the water every time. It was insane how many people would show up for, for Melee compared to Street Fighter. That's uh, But yeah, so there was crazy. a common tactic of using the free food. I remember for a lot of these events, they would just post up and say, hey, free stuff, come play the game. And that's how they would hook people. Huh, that's so crazy. I, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because Florida's always been, like, a staple region in the Melee community. It's, like, Tri-State, NorCal, SoCal, and then Florida as, like, right. one of, like, the great regions, quote-unquote. Even mm -hmm. in, like, the back in the old school area er, er, times. But, yeah, that's so crazy. So... Were you, I guess, like, were you always a fan of Melee then? Like, would you would you always, like, watch Melee and stuff like that? Or was it just something that, like, was sort of next to you while you grinded, you know, Street Fighter 4 into Street Fighter 5? Yeah, so, like I said, I had played um, casually all the Smash games. Like, you know, I love Smash casually, but I didn't know about Melee and what people were doing with that game at all. So, when I first started to f really get into it, I think it was, like, I think it was 2013, you know, like, when Evo brought back Melee, mm -hmm. um, really exposed me to the the larger Smash community. So I had known a little bit, I think, at that point, because I had seen it, you know, going on at the same time at some university events, and I'd seen it at other tournaments I went to. So, you know, I went to CEO, and final round was um, the the one of the big street uh, fighting game majors in Atlanta. So those mm -hmm. were the ones I went to because I could carpool with, like, five other people and go there for 20 bucks. You know, yeah. so the, the classic, broke the college classic. Kid. right? Right. So that's what I would go to. Those were the only majors I would ever go to at that time because they were in reach for me and in my budget. And you know, I would see Smash events at the same time, but I didn't really watch it on my own. I think until Evo um, brought Melee back, and then I really started to be like, "Wow, I did not know that you could do that in this game." And it was funny to me because like I, I watched Hungry Boxes run. And I was like, that's sick, because to me, it was the most easily understandable play style, because mm -hmm. it was spacing, it was like uh, 
reacting to people's approaches and zoning them out. And like, I, I would see Fox and ice climbers and I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now because there's no, <laughs> there's no translation to this in, in street fighter, but, uh, but Jigglypuff, I was like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I loved his play and I would read the chat and everyone was hating. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on right now. Like this is sick. And, uh, it was just so funny to see the, the difference in, uh, how people reacted to that style so i really liked i was a fan of hungry box from day one because of that because it just looked like footsies yeah that's so interesting and i hear that like a lot of you know fgc heads really like puff for the same reason that it's it's the most digestible and like relatable to you know traditional 2d fighters Mm -hmm. yeah i mean fox you can like the other spaces and stuff you can you can get into it once you watch it a bit more it's just so fast that it's hard to understand what's happening at first uh, but yeah you can immediately immediately recognize that you know you space a back air you, you whiff punch somebody and then you combo them like that just it, it clicks instantly so mm-hmm. i i immediately had an appreciation for that um so yeah that that really like started getting me into to watching more melee at the same time as you know grinding street fighter 4 and eventually 5 yeah that's that's super cool i mean uh, so do you still watch like the YouTube? Well, you said you tuned into Pound yesterday, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I tune in whenever there's a big event. Um, you know, Melee has and and Smash Ultimate too. I watch some more Melee than Smash Ultimate, but I'm in tune. I'm a hardcore stream monster. Like if I'm not streaming myself <laughs> or doing whatever, like I love watching Twitch. I don't I don't watch cable television or I barely watch other movies or Netflix or anything like that. Like I don't turn those things on on my own. Um, mm-hmm. Like if my girlfriend wants to watch Netflix or something, that's when I go watch a show, right? But if it's on my own time, I just open up Twitch, I open up YouTube, and I'm usually watching game-related content or just mindlessly browsing YouTube. So I love stream monstering big events, and um, I love the Smash scene for their tournaments. I think they're hype, and uh, I love the storylines in Melee. So I watch a lot of the events, and yeah, I've been watching Pound Online and watching the Netplay struggles. Been pretty fun. Yeah, and we'll get to that. And and you know, before we continue with your origin story, I just have to ask out of pure curiosity, honestly. You know, now that you watch more melee and stuff like that, which I guess characters do you find like cool or which players do you find cool outside of outside of Hbox? And Hbox, I mean like definitely deserves praise for sure. Right. Uh so I, I still think I root for Hbox the most because I like a a dominant player. And I like watching everyone scramble to beat them. That's always been something I've really liked. Um, there's a parallel to UMVC3, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3, when mm-hmm. Chris G was a dominant player with a similar ah. sort of like uh, hated sort of strategy with zoning people out with Morgan Morgana, and Dr. Right? Doom. Yeah, 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 Morgan, Dr. Doom, and he had Virgil in the back just to, in case the zoning went wrong, he would just pop x factor and kill you in three seconds right yeah yeah the classic the the morgan double team and then right fireballs everywhere on the screen you would come in you would you would block all the fireballs and still lose like 90 percent of your health before before you even landed and got the play and he went on a uh a run of like winning like at least like 40 tournaments in a row i don't know some insane number which which i think is like not that crazy for the smash community but for traditional fighting games there's a lot more upsets and the, the results are just not as stable. They're fairly stable. Like, the, the group of players who are winning is stable. But usually, they trade a lot of wins. Yeah. Um, and in Smash, there's a lot of eras. And so, we finally had an era in the FGC, uh, which we hadn't had in a long time. And I would I would just be like, man, 
I love when Chris G wins and everyone's pissed and everyone's trying to figure out what the hell to do to beat him. <laughs> and I would watch Hungrybox win and I was like, this is great. Everyone's pissed and no one knows how to beat him. So that was always my favorite was watching everyone versus Hungrybox. Like seeing how Zane started coming up and started um, winning. Uh, he won, like, what did he win? Uh, Big Genesis. House? Oh, it was Genesis. That was the one. Yeah. Right. yeah. So like watching that was sick. Like, I like to watch the, the, the metagame evolve around a dominant player. So watching Zane was cool. Watching uh, Wizrobe. Uh, stepping up with uh, Captain Falcon was sick. Um, so I, I kind of like those two come to mind. But in general, I, I just like everybody versus one dominant player. I, I love that sort of uh, like there's a guy at the top of the mountain and everyone's doing their best to try to knock him off. That That's what really drives me towards melee right now. That's super cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is it's, it's so interesting, the HBOX era now because of how long it is compared to other eras and like how dominant mm. it is like you know no one's done three years as like number one in in the world for melee so like that in itself is an achievement but like how he's pushed the meta and like how other characters have adapted to that like it's like kind of crazy right and i love the salt <laughs> i mean yeah. smash is kind of clowned on for having i think they have a younger audience so sometimes the takes get a little they're a little more uh, <laughs> reactionary and emotionally driven because crabs, think crabs get thrown and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So just seeing the like, browsing Twitter when whenever HBox wins something big or like when he won Evo, like it's just so great to see. Mm-hmm. It's so great to see. I know people are just young and so they're just they're they're speaking before they think. And but the the amount of cognitive dissonance that people go through to, to say someone's bad while they're the best player in the world, it just oh man, it hits the spot. It, just, it fills me with glee to see people just be so dumb, like so so irrational and so emotionally charged that they just can't think anymore because someone is good. Like I love that. That that really just gets me going. So, oh man, yeah, yeah that's yeah, that is super true. I mean, that's sort of why I was like really, you know, as I said, I'm I'm super excited to talk to you because of the like Street Fighter like older you know age demographic you know, compared to Melee. I think, like, mm. with Melee right now, sort of everyone's, you know, a lot of players are in a weird transition, like myself, where it's, like, you're post-college, you know, you, you found a full-time job, but you're still trying to figure out your career and stuff, but mm-hmm. you're still trying to, like, grind the game and improve and, and you know, challenge top players and stuff like that. And, you know, I know you're fairly, you know, you were saying, you know, off-recording that you were, like, fairly young at 27 in the Street Fighter scene. Right, but relatively. Yes. Relative, yes. <laughs> right. But I think, you know, Melee players in general, like Ultimates, you know, they're still, you know, you know, in middle school and in high school and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot to learn from the transition of, like, you know, the, the 20s for, for Melee players. And a lot of Melee players are sort of, like, in that transition or just coming out of college. So what was right. that like for, you know, you in, in sort of the Street Fighter community where, like, that is I guess a little bit more accepted and there's you know more resources or you can look to more people on like how they handled it Mm, well I would say that I don't know if there was more people I'm not sure how many other people did the same thing I did in the FGC 
Um, I feel like either you kind of fell off or you're already like an actual pro. So here's a little caveat. You mentioned I was a pro earlier. I kind of, I kind of reserve that term. I would say I'm not a pro. So to me, a pro is someone who does this for a living. Like, uh, I see that term thrown, a lot, thrown around a lot and, and especially a lot in the smash community. I'll like, I'll click people's profiles and they're a pro, right? But they're okay, like yeah, 16 years old and I mean, they, they live at home, right? You're not a pro. You're just good. Okay, so mm-hmm. maybe I'm okay at the game. I'm not a pro because this is not my primary source of income, right? I this is my monetized hobby. It's <laughs> more <laughs> the the appropriate term um, that I would use, right? So mm-hmm. to me, it seemed like either you were a pro, like you're one of the point zero zero one percent who made a living um, with this as your primary source of income, tournament winnings and sponsors and whatever whatever other ways you found to milk this cow. And uh, or you just did this as a hobby and you stagnated or you just moved on with real life. Mm-hmm. So for me, I I was in the Street Fighter Four era. This is like 2011 through 2015, and that's when I was in u- university. I was just grinding as much as I could between classes, and um, you know I wasn't the best student. I'll go on record saying I was okay. <laughs> you know, I, I I graduated, got my degree, got my, got employed, um, but it was never like I was never one hundred and ten percent focused on school like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I knew I wasn't going to stick around for grad school or anything like that. I'm just not a good student. I'm more um, wanting was wanting to start applying what I learned at that point, and. I would travel as much as I could, play offline as much as I could. I was lucky enough to have like a mentor, like some guy who was better than me at the game and willing to play a lot with me. That was JC. He was like my father for Street Fighter Four. You know, I thought I was hot shit until he showed up to the university meetup and destroyed me. And I, I had to pick up the pieces and rebuild <laughs> from you know that groundbreaking moment where I realized like I knew nothing. I thought I knew so much, and I realized I knew nothing because someone really shattered my fundamental understanding of the game. Mm-hmm. So I play with him a lot, go to every local and you know, we had CEO, there was also the Orlando Tampa and um, Jacksonville scenes. And we had a lot of different scenes around central Florida, which were all very strong. And it was all about offline meetups. So I'd go to as many as I could just constantly, constantly grinding every week and go to a random tournament. You know, I had a, a 92 GMC Sierra, this old truck that would break down every 30 <laughs> miles and I would, I would get five five miles per gallon, something ridiculous, and I would you know collect gas money from everyone. And we'd go to every tournament, and that was kind of like the lifestyle I lived. And when I graduated, I eventually got a job in Wisconsin, which is where I am now. Mm-hmm. And you know, complete change of scenery. There's snow every, everywhere, and uh, just the world is different. There's not really a local scene like there was in Florida, and Street Fighter Five was just coming out, so. At this time, I had to kind of change my approach. Um, I had been streaming a lot up to this point, sporadically, uh, building somewhat of an audience online for Street Fighter Four, and I was kind of building my brand as being like a an online content creator, like just grinding ranked and getting my name out there that way because I wasn't really going to tournaments and making a name for myself. I might mm-hmm. beat a good player here and there at a local, like I beat Knuckle Do one time at a local. I beat k brad at ceo off stream you know i beat a few name players here and there but nobody no one knew like it wasn't something mm-hmm. that was broadcasted uh so i would get like top 32 at a major but no one knew um so but but online it was like okay like there's this guy who's always streaming ranked like you can always see me at this time you can always see he's high ranked and whatever online so that's how i built up my brand then street fighter 5 came out 
now I'm working a steady nine to five. Um, I realized I was like, okay, let's just get structured. Let's nine to five after five. It's my time. Like this is, I, I don't have homework anymore. I don't have to study for anything. And luckily my job didn't have like a lot of, uh, homework for me. You know, I, I had a decent work life balance and yeah, you could, you could clock out and like not have to worry about it. Right. I wouldn't think about it. You know, my brain would shift back to, to fighting game mode. Um, which I was, you know, very fortunate to have, and I would just grind like every every day. I had a schedule like uh, every weekday. I would stream from like six thirty six to six thirty to ten p.m. every day, grinding Street Fighter Five, learning the new game, and I just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. Slowly built more of an audience, and you know, got my name out there, and eventually got partnered with Twitch. Started um, getting some kind of revenue from this, and. Eventually, I was able to use that money to reinvest into traveling. So I was able to be supported by my stream to go to like one tournament a month was basically the money I was making. And that's what I did for like the entire first year of Street Fighter V was just grind. And then at the end of 2016, which is the first year of Street Fighter V, I went to uh, like one or two tournaments and did okay. You know, I got like like ninth at a a regional, not really like a a major, like we have Capcom Pro Tour, which is our, um, Mm -hmm. you know, our central league or whatever. This was a non-CPT event. The season had, it was off season. Okay. So it wasn't a CPT. Yeah. Right. So I got ninth and I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Like it wasn't a CPT event. There's no like Japanese players here, you know, like no Korean, like no one international was there, which is like the big competition for, for Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, okay, I took some names, you know, I got on stream a little bit, won a few matches. I was like, all right, not too bad. And um, that was kind of like my first year. So I kind of built up this this system where it was like, okay, I would grind on, on Twitch. People would want to support me because I was constantly putting out content. I was also doing YouTube tutorials at the time, um, kind of documenting my process for learning the game. Because uh, this first year was just like figuring out the mechanics of the game. Lots of tutorials, frame data, how to meaty someone, how to do this combo, you know, just real like black and white technical information about the game. And mm-hmm. and I was, it was how to help me learn to document it and to help other people learn and kind of getting my brand out there that way. And that whole first year went by and I established an audience and then year two hit. And this is when my character um, Balrog was released at the end, like almost um, three fourths of the way through season one. Mm-hmm. Now season two starts they buff my character to high hell. Yes, like, the legend of season two Balrog. I, I remember that. Yeah, those times over the top, over the top buffs, and I was like, uh. oh, okay. <laughs> my character has never been this good ever in the history of me playing Street Fighter, and I was like, okay. I did the same thing. I was like, all right, with the stream money, I went to final round, and I went to final round, and I got on stream, and it was versus Momochi, who, if uh, the melee audience doesn't know is the Capcom Cup 2015 or the Evo 2015 champion and the Capcom Cup 2014 champion. So he won Capcom Cup, which is like the finale at the end of the season and Evo, which, you know, you know, Evo. So he won those back to back. He was mm-hmm. dominating Street Fighter 4, had a pretty good season one in Street Fighter 5. Um, and it's just an overall fighting game legend, right? Yeah, and yeah. I got on stream. Legend. I got on stream versus him and I got him down to final round like I won the first game free. I won the next round free of the second game and I got him down to a pixel about to beat him 
And oh. I was like, oh, I'm doing this. Like, I'm making this happen. And I got him down to like a pixel of health. And then, of course, <laughs> he pulls a miracle, pulls it out of his ass and makes the comeback. And I was like, all right, whatever. We got another round. I get him down to a pixel again. And I can just feel my vision blurring. Like, I can feel the tunnel vision setting in. Like, I'm about to beat Momochi. And of course, he pulls another miracle and wins the game. And the final game happens, and the same thing happens. Get him down, and he pulls a miracle and wins. And I end up losing the set. But that was it was so perfect because it was so close to me winning. And, um, you know, Balrog's like becoming the villain at this time. Like, you're kind of a bad person if you play this character because he was perceived as being very dumb and easy and broken. Mm-hmm. So There's always has to be one for every season, right? Like, oh, Abigail, right. Karen, like, you know... Of course. So Balrog was that target at, at season two, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was perfect because I didn't win, but I got close to winning, very close to winning. So like I garnered sympathy rather than pure hatred. If I had beaten him <laughs> 2-0, people would have been like, this game is dumb. Balrog is broken. This scrub beat Momochi. Who is he? But I got so close to winning that it was like the perfect recipe. Like my Twitter blew up overnight. Um, that YouTube video has like, like way more views than any other match I've ever played, like a hundred thousand or something or more than that. Um, so it was like the perfect recipe to just be like, wow, like there's this guy out there who's playing ball rugby and wants to beat Momochi. And um, it helped grow my stream more. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe I can keep doing this. So I kept just keeping up that pattern of streaming weekends were my time. I would go to a tournament, fly out Friday night after work, come back Monday morning, early in the morning, uh, maybe take one day off, maybe work remote that one day, or just go to the office. If it was an East Coast tournament, I would come back at six in the morning and just go to the office right after. So it was a it was a kind of a rinse and repeat sort of cycle for for a couple of years like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so I guess like during that time, like how did you I guess keep up like all all that like energy level and i think like the really interesting thing that i didn't know about you know when um yeah that i didn't know about was that like you were using your stream to to fund the the tournaments that you were already you know making content on like balrog tutorials or frame data stuff and and you know pushing your content out there because i think what's you know different you know that i'm seeing at least with a lot of smashers is that they you know they they get the wins you know they get rank top 100 and then they change their twitter to like pro player right and and they get <laughs> sponsored uh and i by the way i love that call out by the way on like what a pro player is uh but right you know then they start growing their streams and then they're like why you know why you know is isn't my stream growing isn't my content growing even if i'm like say you know top 70 top 50 you know in melee right and and it's interesting that you know you were grinding and everything but it was almost you know you know, it was in tandem, but, you know, you had your content, you know, really established even before, you know, final, you know, final round and the Momochi set and everything like that. Um, So I guess, like, how, what I'm getting at is, you know, how did you, you know, learn to build your content, you know, build specifically, I guess, like, FGC content so that, like, it supports your endeavors of, like, getting better practice and being able to travel and, you know, fight different competitors and tougher competitors. Yeah, I think some people have that impression of, like, I do good first and then my stream grows after. I I did everything backwards. Like, I was streaming as an unknown for the longest time. Um, So I I started streaming in 2014, late 2014, beginning of 2015, 
which was the last year of Street Fighter 4, and this is when I was still in college, my senior year. And I would just stream randomly, and um, I would put a lot of hours into it, but it wasn't like consistent schedule or anything. It was just like, here's early in the morning I would stream because there was less people on the Street Fighter 4 section and early in the morning, so there's less competition. So my viewers were all from Europe or whatever, you know, because that's their like <laughs> prime time, prime time hours, mm-hmm. or I would... I would purposely stream when a big streamer was getting off. You know, like I would do all those sort of things to kind of like fill the time slot where there was less um, competition for my game section. And the biggest thing was that I just kept doing it. I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And um, I wouldn't, I would not be easily dissuaded to stop streaming. Like if it wasn't a good stream, there's no viewers, whatever, I would just keep going and focus on making it an enjoyable viewing experience, like talking to the stream, talking my thoughts out loud if there's no one there, you know, like what if someone's passing by while there's no viewers, you have to be able to hook them. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people just play without trying to interject their own personality into it. And that's probably not going to get you anywhere because if you, the way it works is like, okay, you can't compare your stream to somebody else's who's already established because it just doesn't work, right? If I turn yeah. on Twitch and watch Daigo stream, he might not say anything for 10 minutes, but he has 3,000 people watching, <laughs> and he's playing a new character, and he's not playing it at the best level, but it's Daigo. So he has a history of being Daigo, and people he's established goodwill with the community, so people trust that he's learning something. You know what I mean? Like They know that it's Daigo he's got. like He's got to learn something and eventually produce results, even if they're watching that grind process from the beginning stages. Right. Mm-hmm. So if someone sees you doing that and you're not being you're not winning every match, they're gonna immediately write you off. You're gonna do some risky move. They're gonna say that guy's a scrub. Like, why would he do that? You know, they're not gonna give you any benefit of the doubt for anything you do. So you can't assume that gameplay is going to get you anywhere unless you've established goodwill within the community and people already trust that what you're doing is not a fluke. And then um, even beyond that. People just don't care unless they know you. So it, 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 I think a lot of people in competitive spaces compare their content with people who already have this kind of goodwill and sentiment within the community. That's always a mistake. You need to add something unique to what you're doing and um, use your personality to drive people towards your content. Otherwise, you're just another one in the mix. Like there's, there's, I can open up Melee right now. There's like 20 people streaming. <laughs> in fact, I do have it open right now. All people right, streaming with no, right no, no well. viewers, right? I mean, they have you have to make sure that what you're doing is adding something unique to the mix. Um, but yeah, that's what I did. Like, and don't give up. Like, mm-hmm. I just kept doing it for so long, and um, adding the YouTube part of it, with which I was doing um, those YouTube tutorials. I did it with Nikali first. I did it with Street Fighter Four Balrog. I did it with Street Fighter Five Balrog. I was trying to produce like really easily digestible content that would help teach players how to use these characters and. It was striking when the iron was hot because it was a new game, mm-hmm. and I was. But I wasn't just like putting together some gameplay footage and calling it a day. I was doing really stylized, like edited, almost like music videos, like picking a really good song, keeping it very condensed, and focusing on one aspect per video, and making it very digestible, and stylized in a way where you could recognize that it was my video, and that would eventually drive people back to to my Twitch channel. So I just kept doing that, and I guess the biggest thing is like you have to keep doing it. Um, so yeah, don't, I don't think you should expect the tournament pop off to immediately blow up your stream. It can help. Like I said, it definitely helped me when I did, uh, the Momochi match, which kind of blew up my stream and 
a little bit more, but my stream had already been there, right? I got to that tournament because I was I was supported by my stream at that point to get there. So um, it wasn't the tournament win, then the stream. It was the stream led me to the tournaments. And once that started at the beginning of season two, you know, it motivated me to go to more tournaments. And then I um, I got like top eight at Combo Breaker, beat a bunch of people. I got, um, uh, uh, what did I get? Fourth place at Combo Breaker. And... Um, or sorry, fifth, and then that was on stream with thousands of people watching, beat a ton of top players, and that once again reinvested in my brand. But I got there because people had already been supporting my content for so long that I was mm -hmm. able to shoot my shot at these tournaments more and more because tournaments are kind of like a, you're playing the numbers. Like you're eventually just trying to have that tournament where you do good. And the more tournaments you go to, the more chances you have at performing at your best. Mm -hmm. So yeah, focus on making your content unique and, and grinding it out. But I don't think you should just expect because you're good for people to care because that's a fallacy. People don't care. They really don't. <laughs> Unless you're the best. Like you have to be so good that yeah. it's, it's indistinguishable from every, everyone else. And you're probably not that good. Like I'm not that good, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very few people, like one or two per game are that good. So don't yeah. expect that to be you um, at the, this moment at least. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And, yeah, it's really interesting because, like, even, like, you see, like, when Melee, like, you know, top 15, top 10 players struggle to, like, get sponsors even, right? Because they don't have that, like, content piece, right? Like, you have to be, like, a Mango, Hbox, like, Leffen or, like, mm -hmm. Zane really to get it. And it's really interesting because, at least in the, like, Smash community, I feel like what you see more of is, like, more either, like, just saving up money or, like, like random GoFundMe's rather mm -hmm. than like something sustainable. And I think that's what, you know, I find like a lot of your content and what you do with Street Fighter and, you know, content creation and streaming is that it's it's sustainable. It kind of, it loops back, right? Right. And, yes, that's and exactly that's what I was aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we don't really see, you know, I don't really see at least among like my friends and stuff like that and in just the general melee verse. Uh, where it's like mostly just like a GoFundMe or like you save enough money and you have the majors, but like they don't have the content sort of to back it up to like do it next year, right? Like I can't, I feel like everyone kind of like tries to shoot their shot like one year, like okay, like you know, 2020 is going to be the year I go to like four majors so I can get ranked, but then like mm -hmm. maybe you miss out on it a little bit and then like 2021 comes and then you know, you, you just can't go to as many. Right, yeah, you need to focus on making it unique. Like even now, I can see in the thumbnails, like I see several. I'm looking at the melee section. I see several streams with a green bar filling up to for some kind of donation goal, and they have a like a handful of viewers. So, <laughs> fifty percent of the screens I'm seeing right now have that donation bar on it for who knows what. But I, I mean, I'm not gonna knock the donation drive thing. I've done a few of those like early on for like getting mm -hmm. stream equipment, which people helped me out with, which I was. I was streaming on my university laptop. I didn't have a capture card. I used to play Street Fighter 4 at like uh, 420p, you know, a tiny window on my computer running OBS and uh, the lowest graphics settings. Even though I had played on 360, oh, that was the competitive platform. I, when I started streaming, I actually went to Street Fighter 4 on PC to play that because I could actually stream from that because I had no other way to stream my actual console. And, uh, you know, I actually, that's where I started. Like I started to get, build up my audience from there. I went from like no viewers to tw 10 to 20 to 40 to 50. And, uh, people donated when I finally said, Hey, look, I'm trying to get my capture card. Cause I'm, I'm actually like a 360 player and it's way better on 360. There's better competition. 
and um, I'm like high ranked on the on the on the leaderboard there. You can see here I'm just kind of messing around. The competition is worse because this is the only way I can stream, and uh, people supported me that way. So I'm not gonna knock that. Like it has its time and place. But if you're trying to do that to go to events consistently, it's not gonna work. It's just you have to you have to get your revenue or get your brand out there in a way that does not rely on sympathy. So I always try to not rely on sympathy because sympathy is a well that runs dry. So mm. you need, like, you just have to understand that you have to provide value to people. If you, if, if your content is not getting views, it's probably because it's not good. And it's not like what I do is great either. It's just a mentality I have going into whatever I do. Right. So like I'm trying to grow my YouTube more in a more personality driven way because um, doing content for just tutorials for Street Fighter Five is kind of hard because you know the game's been out for a long time. It's kind of hard mm -hmm. to how, how many different ways can I cut this cake? You know what I mean? Like it's already been done. I've already shown you a lot of um, tutorial content in this way. How can I keep doing that? Right. So I've been trying to drive more personality-driven stuff with fighting games and make it fun to a wider audience. And you know, it's I don't get that many views. I might get three thousand views on this video if it's it's a decent one. Five thousand here. You know, so I'm not saying what I do is great, but I, I go in with that mentality of if I make it good and it's appealing, it'll get views. Like you, you can't go in with this mentality of I need your help to get me somewhere and please support me because I'm good and I can shoot my shot. So if you find that you're not getting the views you need, you need to find a way to diversify and make what you're doing fun. So if people are just watching you grind melee online it's not going to get you anywhere. I don't, I don't think like you have to be able to establish your brand differently, do something different with whatever you're doing, get creative with it. Um, try to set some other kind of goals or like run sets with specific players marketed a certain way, run, run sets with viewers in a certain way, like do something that's beyond just the grind or maybe have sections with your stream. Here's my grind section. Here's my fun event section. Um, try to do something specific that is unique to your stream. Um, otherwise, I don't I don't know how you get out of that like that pit, you know, where you're just kind of like another player that's unrecognizable amongst the other streamers, because um, yeah. there's it's really hard to get yourself out of that. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I'm looking at the melee page right now, and I see a top 100 player, like an incredible top 100 player, like top three in their region in a very strong region, with like two viewers, you mm -hmm. know. And, and, and it's, it's, it's definitely really true. And I mean, I've definitely seen it with your YouTube channel. I mean, I guess like, you know, most recently, right. Is, is you, you've done the thing where you jump into people's chats and, and challenge them or, or obviously the most famous, I guess, is the, the infinite combo, the, right. the, the Iron Man one that took right. quite a bit of time to do. Yes, it did. I, I think it was worth it in the end. Um, mm -hmm. No, the video was really yeah. amazing. It, it was really good. I, I I watched it even before, and then like I saw like other people do it, like Sejam and and Maximilian, do the Iron Man Infinite speed run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it became kind of like a, a thing to do, a challenge to try out. Uh, but that, but that's basically the idea. Right? Like I went into that. Um, I didn't think it was gonna take five hours. I, and let me add my my uh, my caveat here. That was because of the the emulator. I, I have to defend myself now because everyone else did it in like thirty minutes. I had oh, a really? laggy okay. emulator. Yeah, let's get yeah. the scoop. <laughs> I've been I've been going on my campaign to defend myself. <laughs> I had a really laggy emulator, and I I didn't realize I was using the wrong one. So everyone else did it on the emulator that I gave to them after. I said, hey, don't do it on this one. Do it on this one instead because the input <laughs> delay is way less. And uh, it makes it way easier. So, uh, but now everyone just remembers me as 
taking five hours when <laughs> Sage Jam did it in like 45 minutes. And anyways, it made a good video, right? My, my pain yeah, and suffering the video was great. made a very entertaining video. But, but that's like the kind of um, content I've been trying to focus on is like, how can I just do a thing that is immediately um, attachable to the viewer? Like something that you can easily like recognize as this is going to be an entertaining subject for me, even if I don't know the game that well. Right. So mm. the, the, like that Iron Man Infinite. Yeah. It, it's a speed running thing. It's a challenge. So people like challenges. You can see that it took me an absurdly long time. And by the thumbnail and everything, you can see that I'm suffering through it. So it's the journey of me suffering through something to eventually achieve a goal. Right. Like that's a universally um, appealing sort of structure. And, and anyone can digest that. Not it's it's an old game. NBC two. You don't have to play NBC two or even know much about it to be able to appreciate that video. Mm -hmm. And so that's the sort of thing I've been trying to go for on YouTube, especially is to do that. So what I do with my streams more often now is there'll be the segment where I'm just grinding ranked or grinding with players, but then I'll try to mix in like a segment like that, where I'm doing some other kind of special event. Like I did a uh, challenging random streamers, right? Like I would say, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's, let's challenge random streamers to like a, a, a match. If they can beat me, I'll give them some subs. Right. So redistributing the wealth a little bit, like, um, going to smaller streamers, giving them some exposure, having a fun challenge, low stakes, and if they win, they get something, right? It's just fun. Um, so it's things like that to try to um, just get more interesting ideas involved um, with my content. And that, that can be hard to do, like stuff like that when you're a smaller streamer, but I guess you have to get creative um, with how you do it. So either you have, because you can't rely on having the best personality. So you also have to recognize your strengths. So like people like Sagem, uh, if the the melee community is not familiar with, is a Street Fighter or a fighting game commentator, and he's just really good at talking. That is his specialty, and he works at it. Like it's not something that he just has naturally. There's a bit of natural talent there, but it's something he works at. And so what he does is he just talks about fighting game topics and gives his opinion on them and discusses them. Does like a talk show on Twitch, and he gets thousands of viewers now, right? Mm -hmm. But that's his talent. Yeah. That's his lane. Like you might not have that ability to communicate that well, or you might not be that entertaining. You have to recognize your strengths. You can work on being more entertaining. You can work on being better at communicating, which you probably should if you're going to be a streamer at all. But <laughs> recognize your talent. You're you're not you're not Mango. You know you're not Leffen. You're not the you're not the top five players in the world. Yeah. You're yeah. not the most entertaining. You're not like uh, you know, a uh, Bobby Scar or whatever, you know, like you're not any of those. So figure out what you are and try to make it unique from other people if you want to get out of that pit. Because if you just do gameplay you, or you try to rely solely on being entertaining, there's too much competition with people who are better at you than that. It's just how it is. So you got to find what makes you unique. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, Sorry, I just had to cough. Uh, it's almost like, you know, just like playing the game, right? You can't, like, you can learn from other players and stuff like that, but, like, there are going to be things that, like, you know, like, say, you know, Smug, another Balrog player, does that are better, you know, than you do, but, like, right. you might do other things with a character that's better, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just, like, be, you can't, like, no copy is ever going to be better than the original, really. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, and I get I get that comparison a lot too because uh, Smug is super entertaining and very very good Balrog player. So you know I get people who always try to draw comparisons from me to him. But if you watch our streams, it's nothing alike. Like I'm a oh, very yeah. like my humor is very dry and sarcastic. Like if you watch my stream a lot, it's very subtle. <laughs> like uh, you know I'm usually subtly roast subtly roasting my opponent or like you know it's very self deprecating uh, humor 
or depreciating humor. And um, Smug is very like he's like a television program when you watch him. It's it's something you can put on TV. He has catchphrases. He has uh, <laughs> his his you know re- recurring themes and jokes that he does. So yeah. it's a whole different type of entertainment, and I don't expect to have that crossover with him just because we play the same character. Um, so I don't, I don't try to compete in that lane. Like he has that lane mastered. So that's not what I go for, even in my own personality and expression. Um, so if you try to emulate that, you're going to get nowhere. It's you're just going to be a copycat. So you have to really focus on what makes you unique. And so even though we both play the same characters and um, we stream the same game, we're not the same stream. And that's that's good. That's a good thing. Um, yeah. So you, you really have to focus on that aspect. But w- I guess one thing I want to bring up too is I, I guess I was downplaying gameplay a lot. I it's not like I don't stream raw gameplay a lot. I think just having it structured in a way that is building to something makes people more excited. So if you're grinding for a tournament and you're saying I'm working on this matchup for a tournament, you know, or like um, preparing for this, or like just trying to. S- frame your content in a way where you're building towards something is always beneficial. So just try to think of ways you can frame what you're doing in a way where you're leading towards a goal, not just an endless grind it can always help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. I feel like that's the biggest thing is that like, there's not a lot of structure. Like you see some people obviously in smash that like do it really, really well. Right. Like then they, you know, they don't even need to be like, players right like whatever content they put out in terms of like how a glitch works or something like that uh you know looks really amazing right or they put out like combo videos and stuff like that but but definitely like it's it's i feel like the number of quote-unquote you know really good players like don't have that sort of like structure in their content Mm -hmm. um but one thing i guess like i'm really curious about more on the player aspect you know now is you know, since you moved to Wisconsin, you know, you, you know, you are playing, you know, net play a lot, like online a lot uh, mm-hmm. to practice matchups and, and improve. And I feel like Melee, you know, you know, at least for me personally, like I wasn't a big net player just because I live in New York. Like I can, you know, after work, I'm like a few blocks away from like, I don't know if you know, like Rishi or like Hacks Money is, but like, right. you know, I can play with all of those guys, you know, so nice. I haven't needed to play net play really. Uh, too much but obviously with the COVID-19 situation you know everyone's at home and I've been getting more into that but you know and I know you're a big proponent of like better netcode you know Mm -hmm. because the Street Fighter one definitely needs work but how do you use like online play to like improve your gameplay and like make you a better player yeah so it's I guess it's very different between Street Fighter and Melee because well it's kind of interesting I I think the melee net play is actually really good. It's better than, mm. well, it's relatively good for Smash. It's better than Ultimate, I know that. Smash Ultimate has oh, yeah. the worst online of any modern fighting game I've ever played. I played a bunch, and <laughs> yeah, I, qu- yeah, I quit Smash true. Ultimate. I quit Smash Ultimate because the online was so bad, and I don't have any local anything now, right? So I, I solely mm-hmm. do online. But if you're a competitive player, you just have to understand the limitations of the tools that you have. For Street Fighter, online play is still very valuable and everything has its uses. You just have to understand that some tactics are better online, which are worse online or offline. And, you know, you got to be able to take things with a grain of salt with what you're doing. But it's not it's not worthless. Like if you're very, very good online, odds are you're still going to be very good offline. (laughs) You might not be the best. (laughs) And a lot of the best players do not practice online like that. They don't practice ranked. At least they might just play sets with specific players, but it always has its place. So 
one thing I try to focus on is trying to find and, you know, networking with other players who I know I have good connections with. So I can't play with people on the West Coast, really, because it's just too far away, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of players that um, I don't play. I might be friends with, but I don't play with them, and they're very good because the connection's just not good. But I kind of figured out, like, here's all the good players who play these characters that I have good connections with, and I'll focus on playing them if I'm trying to work on certain matchups. Um, so you, you kind of have to curate your own experience and focus on putting yourself in an environment where what you're practicing is actually applicable to offline gameplay. Don't purposely throw yourself at bad connections because you're just going to learn bad habits and and you're not playing the real game. The laggier the connection is, the, the the different, the more different the meta is that you're playing. And you just have to understand that. So if you're an up and coming player, you have to understand that perhaps what you're doing is working now, but might not work offline. And that takes some experience to be able to kind of figure out um, how that works and what, like to catch yourself, like. Is what I'm doing right now actually effective or only effective because of the conditions we're playing under at the moment? And that takes experience. And with my character, Balrog in Street Fighter V, like, he's considered one of the best characters in online gameplay. So he has a bunch of ways to approach and mix up the opponent, which are very fake. Like If, if the opponent can react to it, they, they hit you out of your mix-up, your high-low mix-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't usually go for those. Even though if online and it's laggy, they work because I know when I go offline, people are just going to hit me out of it and say, what are you doing, right? So yeah. I, I've kind of already consciously made that decision to not go for those sort of tactics. I rely on being uh, on gameplay that's more reproducible and uh, consistent. So that's just one way that I kind of curate my own gameplay to not fall into the trap of an easy online win. Like recognize what sort of play styles work offline versus online. But other than that, um, experience is experience. Online is so valuable. I mean, all my experience for Street Fighter V is online, right? Like, mm-hmm. I grinded ranked so hard. In Season 2, I was, like, top five in the world online because I just did ranked, ranked, ranked. Damn. Because I was, I was just trying to get every bit of experience I could against all different players and different play styles and different characters. And that was a good way to do it, to get experience. Now that I know the game, I know how the game works and operates, I don't do ranked as hard as I used to. Now I focus more on playing specific players if I'm trying to work on a specific matchup at this moment. Because now I go into ranked and there's people who are just playing like nuts and it's laggy and like I'm going through the motions and it's not really adding a new experience to me anymore. So that's why I've changed my experience now that I've, now that I've had all the net play experience in ranked and I kind of got an understanding and feel for different ways to approach many things. It's not as valuable to me anymore to grind mindlessly ranked matches now i focus more on playing specific people who are playing more of the the real offline gameplay style because it'll help me in that realm Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's super super good advice i'll definitely keep that you know moving moving forward i guess how do you deal with then with like just net play tactics you know like tactics that you might not really see on on LAN as as much like for example like right. a melee one is like you can't react uh, audio wise to Falco side B on that point because oh, of the delay, right, but right. you can you can do it really easily on LAN like super super easy like you could just stuff it and so right. then do you try to still play so that you can try to punish it so that like because that's your that's your game plan right like the minute mm-hmm. you you know step to a tournament you're trying to do that against every Falco, mm-hmm. but you can't do it on netplay. So how do you sort of deal with the the dichotomy of practicing the game plan that you want to practice 
uh, you know, but not being able to in, in that situation. Yeah, that's tough. You have to be able to draw the line somewhere. I usually focus on playing like I would offline, but um, I guess Street Fighter V doesn't really have that issue with audio cues necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I would say that Street Fighter V online is just inconsistent. So Street Fighter V in its best case scenario is almost like offline. Like I cannot tell the difference. So mm-hmm. I'm able to curate my experience to play with those players who I have that connection with where it's like almost like offline. Because um, it has rollback netcode, it's just the rollback netcode at the average case is not that good. On the best case scenario, it's good. On the worst case scenario, it's terrible. And on average, it's not that good. So when you go into ranked, you get everything in between. But when I play certain people, I stick with the connections where it's like this is like offline. So I don't have to even think about that against certain players, um, which okay. is which is great. Um, but basically, what I do is I just don't play people. <laughs> the connection's <laughs> not good. It's not personal. I think there's a, there's a online gaming community thing where it's like you are your connection so if your connection's bad you're a bad person it's a it's a there's a weird stigma with online gameplay but sometimes you just got to recognize like hey like for whatever reason the variables line up we are not having a good online experience i'm not going to play you because i'm not playing the real game right now and so that's mostly how i do it but i try to focus on playing for real like I, i try to focus on playing the real gameplay if you start customizing your gameplay too much to like avoiding doing things that would work online or avoiding doing things that would work offline because they're harder to do online, it does kind of um, impact you in a negative way. In Street Fighter 4, that was more relevant because Street Fighter 4 had delay-based netcode. So what I would do in Street Fighter 4 is if I had to go to a tournament, I would not play online for two weeks. I just Mm. wouldn't because my, my execution was extremely difficult in that game. One frame links, you know, you had to have one sixtieth of a second precision to just to do your basic combos and get damage and punishes. And if you messed up, you could die, right? So you had yep, to be crisp. Yep. You had to have your timing on point. And when you play online, you have to adjust your timing based on the delay with the connection. So like the visual cue would not line up with what you're doing. You would have to do your the visual cue. You'd have to adjust. You'd have to do your buttons earlier based on what you saw on screen, based on how much delay. The more delay, the earlier you had to do your button. And it would feel like you're, it's like a dream where you're trying to run underwater or like you, you first wake up and you try to make a fist and you just can't. That feeling yeah. of being unable to do something. Um, yeah, that's what online Street Fighter 4 was like. So to avoid that, I just didn't play online. I would just play training mode or whatever and just practice my links, practice whatever I'm doing um, in training mode. So you can do that too. Like just take a time to step away from online and just practice offline, even if it's one player training mode, that's effective too. Um, but I, I guess you have to mix up your options because you got to work with what you got and it, it sucks when you can't uh, perform to, or you can't play the real game online. Um, I think every fighting game player knows that pain. So you just got to be able to keep your sanity and know where to draw the lines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely I've had some really amazing connection with, with you know as far as honestly like i've been able to play people as far as like you know maybe maryland like one florida floridian that was like actually really solid and also Mm -hmm. depends on like the speed of the matchup like it doesn't matter if i'm playing you know fox puff versus like fox fox right right but yeah definitely it's just something different since i just never had to do it in in new york but Mm -hmm. it you know i think I guess, and, and, you know, it's definitely, a, you know, a little bit of an apple-orange sort of situation because obviously Street Fighter is a very different game than than Melee inherently. Mm-hmm. And so, 
but you know i just see net play more while it's like really big for sure for melee it's like you know you way more accepted i guess in in you know street fighter where you have like online tournaments and everything and only like that's relatively new i feel like to to the smash scene in particular is this idea of net just net play tournaments and and having to adjust depending on like who you're matched with in in bracket and everything yeah, it's kind of interesting how uh, I feel like Smash is light years ahead of the F- traditional FGC in a lot of ways, but in terms of online play, they've had it. Um, they, they they've been able to avoid this difficult conversation because of the uh, wide availability of places to play offline and the huge amount of audience that there is everywhere. I mean, every local that I've been to, all over the country, like just traveling around, the the mm-hmm. Smash numbers blow the fight the fighting game numbers out of the water, right? Because, you know, in mm-hmm. Miami, we have Versus Gaming Center, which apparently in Smash is kind of big. Like, I've seen streams oh, of yeah. it having tons of people there. And I would go there. I would, I've won locals at Versus Gaming Center in Miami. And, uh, you know, this, and this, I see the Smash numbers, and it's blowing it out of the water. University of Florida, of course, with HBox there, blowing everything out of the water. <laughs> and here in uh, Wisconsin, in, in Milwaukee, I, there used to be a Street Fighter local that died. But the Smash numbers would blow it out of the water, right? So I think mm-hmm. the Smash community has been blessed with having a huge amount of players available everywhere. So you can always have locals and always play offline. Now, you know, with our current situation, everyone is forced to play play online so smash is finally starting to have to deal with what everyone else has dealt with in in fighting games um and so it's reaching that boiling point you know with the the whole twitter hashtag going around for smash ultimate online and everything like that so yeah it's interesting to see that that it's finally coming to a head right now in the smash community um just how bad online play is and having to deal with it because we've done fighting games have done online tournaments for a while now i mean i've Mm -hmm. i won in 2017 a cpt online event for 200 points, which is wow, you know, to, to qualify for Capcom Cup, it's a point-based system. 200 points is a lot of points in that system. I mean, you need like you need like a 800, 900 to qualify for Capcom Cup. So that gets you like at least one fourth, one fifth of the way there. Like that's that's a real significant impact in your professional fighting game career to win an online event. And I won one of them. And uh, you know, it's like. Was it that legitimate? Were there people on there who I would beat offline? Maybe not. Like, there was one guy in there who I've never beaten offline, but I beat online because he's a reactionary-based player and our connection was bad. He's in Florida. I'm in Wisconsin. We're kind of far away. Very laggy, you know? And I beat him, and it's like, well, whatever. I did what I had to do, but it's is it the real deal? Probably not. Like, we've had to have these conversations for years now about how different... Like, there's two different games. There's Street Fighter Five offline there's street fighter 5 online it's two different versions of the game with every fighting game it's like that you have two different versions of the game with two different metas two different tier lists different tactics work here and there and you have to like play around that so fgc has been pressuring developers a lot now to work on improving net code improving rollback um street fighter 5 after like four years of ignoring everyone complaining with the net code finally admitted to listening to the people <laughs> and um, have been releasing updates and testing things and taking feedback about online, which is insane to me. I never would have thought about it after years of people yelling into, into the void. They actually listened mm-hmm. and guilty gear strive says, okay, we're going to replace our delay based net code and the new upcoming game with a, uh, with rollback. So they've been listening to the people. So it's, it's interesting to see smash doing that now and to see if they can actually, catch nintendo's attention to do it um which i think will be much harder 
because <laughs> it's a much bigger target to to get to bend to your will. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting to see the growing pains of the Smash community right now. Yeah, it's super interesting, and I feel like like the Smash community kind of did what you know. Street Fighter did before Capcom listened where someone was just like, you know what? Like, fuck it. I'm just gonna make it. I'm gonna fix this. Mm, and and that's right. what Melee... Like, that's what Melee Netplay is. It's just, like, a bunch of people being like, okay, guys, like, we here are the updates, like, you know, and everything. Like, you know, the Melee Netplay, one of the coolest things and is that you can adjust your buffer individually. So, because... So you don't necessarily have to play at the same buffer another person has. Mm-hmm. So it can be more in tune to, like, the monitor that you have and, and everything. Right. Which is which is interesting. But, yeah, like, you know, Melee sort of just, like, now, like, you know, like, okay, like, screw it. Like, we'll just, like, kind of make our our own <laughs> net play right. and everything like that. And you have, like, the faster Melee Discord for that and, and all of that. But it's funny because, like, I'm starting to see, like, little its and bits of people being, like, you know, we should have, like, rollback, you know, Melee Netflation needs to have rollback, so it's even, like, that conversation of, like, what code, GGPO, and all of that, like, Mm -hmm. is even starting to join, you know, is, is making its way into, into Smash now, especially with the COVID-19 situation. Right, and and especially for the, the Smash Ultimate players who they have no choice but to yell into the void, (laughs) we'll see how long that goes, I, I, I feel like getting, um, Nintendo to do anything online is going to be like I thought it was a long shot for Street Fighter Five, but for Nintendo, oh my God, good luck! I mean, Nintendo cannot do online to save their life. I, I cannot believe a product <laughs> with so much polish and so much effort put into it can have the worst online experience of any game I've ever played. It's like they made so many decisions purposely to make it annoying for people to play online. I I, I couldn't believe how bad the online system was in Ultimate. Even before you even get into the game, you can't even play the type of game you want to play. It's, yeah. it's insanity. Like, and there's so many grifters in that game because of that. They'll put on like what, like one minute, thirty seconds, one stock or something. Like, like you say, I would like to play this way, and then the game gives you something else. And oh man, it's just a horrible experience. I I, I quit playing that game because of that. I I couldn't deal with it. You know, I was playing casually. Like I was already sacrificing my time for my main game to, to have some fun and then they did everything possible to make it not fun so, so i feel for the smash community i i really hope that um something comes of it uh i guess don't give up even though i'm saying it sounds hopeless but might as well yell into the void you, you don't know it might eventually turn into something um but it's i i think developers in the fgc at least are really seeing now that they have to do this they have to get with the times or else the genre is going to die for Smash, I'm a little bit worried because it sells so well and <laughs> it does so well <laughs> that I don't think they really care. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but for the competitive scene, I really hope it does pick up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely hope so. I, I I don't know what to think about Ultimate. I think Melee is going to be fine. Everyone's just, you know, putting their CRTs in the basement for right now and... And probably most aren't. Most are probably just like solo practicing if they don't want to do net play or anything like that. But when, when, when people do net play for for melee, they play on Dolphin or something. It's like a modded Wii, right? So I, I actually haven't looked into how they do melee net yeah. play. Is it so, emulated on PC or is it through their Wii? No, so it's emulated on PC. So so oh, Dolphin okay. is the is is just the generic GameCube emulator. So if you want to emulate double, you know Mario 
Mario Kart or whatever, you still use Dolphin. Right. And then and then there are different versions. So there are versions that um have you ever like so there are different versions. Like there's five point nine, which is like for a specific like um faster melee discord and mm-hmm. then there's also like slippy if you want to do like the ladder and stuff like that and then okay. like even with like slippy what's interesting is like um it lets it shows you like your stats on like what percents did you die what did you die off of and and all of that so it's it's really interesting and it lets you record and and stream too so but it's all fan made which is like the uh, the, the ingenuity of the smash community always always impresses me this is something that i sometimes go into twitter and i harp about the fgc i say look at smash because there's so many things that the smash community does that is so impressive to me especially when it comes to content Uh, i know we went through a whole thing about like traditional gameplay uh, competitive streamers but Mm -hmm. smash community has the best youtube content for people who are just solely focused on content creation I watch tons and tons of melee videos. Like Awesome Sauce, I think his name is, like mm-hmm. kicks ass with with YouTube content. There's so many cool things about melee to just like break down into little bite sized videos, and the editing and the presentation of everything is so good. So Smash YouTube is so so good, and uh, just the emulation, and everything, like the the amount of effort and passion that goes into the community is always super impressive to me. So I always tell FGC, I was like, we're bums, like. Like, look at Smash. Like, what what are we doing? Like, make something valuable. Like, get off ranked for a little bit, and uh, do something else. People people oh. try to act like they want to watch like your your low level gameplay and ranked. It's like maybe maybe you being bad at the game is not what makes your content bad. Maybe your content's just bad. You know? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I have to. I'll, I'll show you what what Slippy does afterwards. Sure. Because I think you'll find it really really cool. Pretty much, it lets every we for a tournament record all the sets that's ever happened that ever was played on it interesting so that, so that you don't even need a capture card to right does it, does it save the, does it save the inputs and has like a replay system built in is that what yep. it's doing oh yeah. i mean that's what other fighting games do right like they they just oh, save your in- inputs like if you have a street fighter 5 has a replay system right so yeah, people yeah. always act like they're like archiving the videos like no they just save your inputs and then they replay the engine and then uh, the engine is actually playing your inputs so that they can uh, distribute your replay anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sick. <laughs> that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And it shows stats and everything, but it right. makes it so that, like, you don't even need to, like, to watch your VODs, you don't even need to, like, play on stream, quote-unquote, which is, which is mm-hmm. I think, like, the latest Melee Ingenuity that I find really, really cool. But I guess as a closing question, you know, if you sort of had to do it all over again, right? Not just like, you know, you know, improve in Street Fighter, build content, build, you know, where would you start and go from there, if that makes sense? Like, you know, if you could go back to your past self and be like, Brian, like, you got to do this. Hmm. You know, where? what would you tell yourself? Well, I think I've thought about this before. I don't know if there's much I would do different because I feel like I was good at always trying to learn and I think that's the number one thing is just always trying to learn. Like I've learned so many new skills going down this road beyond just gameplay and and getting good. Like I've learned how to edit videos. I've learned how to use, I've just started learning Photoshop. I was using GIMP for the longest time to do like thumbnails and stuff. And now I'm learning Photoshop. It's just like, I've learned a lot of stuff. Uh, just um, gen- generic uh, s- software skills and other things that 
uh, I don't know if there's too much I would do different. Like I, I think I took a, a natural progression of just learning how to improve. I mean, if I wanted to grow faster, obviously there's things I would do different, but I guess I'm not that concerned about that. Like uh, to me, I, I'm, I'm happy with the, the pacing I went at and that um, I always made an effort to try to learn something new. If I wanted to grow faster, I would say like, hey, focus on doing um, more event-based content and uh, work on YouTube and Twitch in parallel sooner rather than just focusing on Twitch and try to mix it up on Twitch a bit more. I guess I would do that earlier. Um, but other than that, there's there's not too much I would do different. I, I'm happy with the journey I've done and being able to just be a part of the FGC and and to to leave my my stamp on it because that was what it was before you know i i it's hard to remember sometimes but when i think back about it it's like at that time i was hungry for recognition hungry to get my name out there hungry to prove that i'm a good player and i I put the work in and i can make something happen you know it's like everyone has that i'm i'm i just haven't had my shot to get to a tournament to to show on stream how good i am to show that i can make this upset or beat x player and uh, you know, I, I I think I can say at this point I did that. You know, I, I left my mark. Like I, I'm a little tiny dent on the history of the FGC, which which means a lot to me. And to be able to accomplish that is kind of like a dream come true. So I, I don't really have any regrets. I'm just I took I did what I had to do. I grinded, and uh, there's still more for me to do. But I've learned so much along the way that I wouldn't really have it any other way. Man, that's that's awesome, and yeah, I'm definitely really excited to see, you know, what what holds, you know, what more con like what new content you'll do, and and to see you like playing tournaments or in Street Fighter League again if there that's ever coming back. But yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's happening, but there's yeah. online events and stuff going on right now, so I, I'm having fun with the the online weeklies and stuff like that. So. We still got competition. Still got some yeah. fun events going. So if you're ever looking for another infinite, try to do the Fox Waveshine Peach Infinite. But I've uh, thought about it. I, I've actually thought about doing something melee related. Um, considering seeing everyone doing net play now, it's so we there might be something on the horizon. Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I don't want to spoil spoil anything. But where can people find you? You know, thank you so much again for for coming on. But where can people find you? Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm on Twitch and YouTube at Brian underscore F. That's B-R-I-N underscore F. And then on Twitter, unfortunately, I couldn't get the the real ats. I'm Brian F with a four instead of an A. B-R-I-4-N-F. That's left over from my Xbox 360 gamertag days. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. I stream pretty much almost every weekday around like 6 p.m. Central. And uh, YouTube, I upload almost weekly um, doing, you know, like I said, some match videos, little events here and there, some tutorials here and there. So all sorts of mostly Street Fighter related content, but but some general fighting game stuff here and there, too. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. I, I really appreciate, you know, having our first really good non-Melee player to come on. So it, it was such a pleasure to talk with you and, and, and learn, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's interesting to branch out a little bit into the Smash community. I, I'm always, I've always been watching from afar, and uh, I always praise you know you know how FGC people can be kind of unfairly uh, talking about Smash. So I'm always there defending Smash and Melee. I'm a big fan of the community. So yeah, I appreciate you having me.